the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Many people have various ideas as to what a spirit-filled church looks like. We'll take a look at God's Word and come away with a few answers here today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Join us. When it comes to a spirit-filled church, preconceived notions abound. And today, we want to dispel some of those preconceived notions and get down to the truth of the matter found here in God's Word. Hi there, and welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time together takes us back to our series, This Is Your God. Specifically and uniquely, our God as the Holy Spirit. And what a filled church, a church filled with His Spirit, looks like. Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with today's program. Singing, singing, it's a mark of the Spirit. I'm hard on non-singers, not talent. We know some of you have none. And we're not, we don't want you on the worship team. We love you. You can't get up here. We know you want to serve Jesus, but the nursery needs help. And children don't care. You got to carry a tune. I mean, it's not enough to be, I want to do it for Jesus. Well, don't do something that makes us lose 50 families for Jesus. We want somebody that can carry a tune. Someone asked that guy, what did he do with that money? He said, what money? He said, the money for voice lessons. He said, well, I spend it on something else. But notice that. I, now, now let, wait, wait, wait. Hear this. Is he speaking to the worship team in verse 19 or to the church? You ought to be full of singing. You know how you can get full of it? Is quit listening to everything. Learn some stuff. I don't care. Last night I saw a Gaither thing and they had Holy Lister sing. And I thought, well, what's he going to sing? He used to be powerful. Man, he started out with um, the old rugged cross. I thought, man, did he get current? Oh, no, no, no. Whole crowd was moved. I get so tired of this. Is it old or new? <laughs> Where do you find out old or new? Is it right? Is it good? Does it bless me? I don't have to be a hip hopper. I'm not. I grew up on rockabilly, brother. The real rock sound at church. I don't have to sing like the teenagers. I got to sing something I could sing to Jesus. You got to do it. And the whole church is supposed to be doing this. Isn't that something? Come in here and say, man, go to a place tonight where you'll be hearing psalms sung, hymns sung, spiritual song. You're going to be inundated with singing. And they didn't even have synthesizers. No PowerPoint. Watch this. Uh, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Now, see, he's moved from external to what you ought to be doing in your heart. I've never seen too many grumblers who are singing privately. 
Singing in your heart. How does that work? You tell me. I think it's singing in your heart. You got a song going on in you. You don't have a gripe and a complaint and a this and a... No, I got a song. Do you have a song or have you lost your song? David said in Psalms 51, Restore to me the joy that I lost when I sinned. Sin has robbed many of us of our song. We don't sing. But a church that's being controlled by the Spirit is a singing church. It's nothing about talent. They were meeting in homes where 25 to 30 people met. There were no choirs. We didn't get choirs to 300 A.D. Everybody in the church sang. The choir was the church. And I'm going to tell you, I don't want ever what goes on the platform to replace our voices. I want them to lead us to sing. I don't want anyone doing my singing for me. I want to sing. You might sing better, but you can't sing my song. You've got to give the people of God a song. That's what the Spirit produces. Now watch what else he does. Always giving thanks. And it's a part, thanking God always. You've got to be kidding. No. Thanking God for everything. Does that include in-laws? Does that, what all does that include? You've got to be kidding. I am kidding because you can't do that without the Spirit's control. We're gripers by nature. We're complainers by nature. I know a spirit-filled church. When you go in it, you don't hear all the complaints on the first ten rows trying to get a seat. It's not full of complaining. It's singing, psalming, giving thanks. And then your favorite word, he says to the whole church, everybody is submitting one to another. There's no diatrophies there trying to get the preeminence. Everybody loves to submit to one another. See that verse 21? And that doesn't even have a woman's name on it. In the, submitting to one another. The women will learn to submit better if they could see it modeled by all of us. The best place in the world for a woman to learn submission is to see a submissive body. We are not rivals, competitors, and outdoing one another. You see what he's saying? Now, that's what that looks like. There. Now, let's go to Colossians. Over the book of Colossians. Now, now, those are marks of spirit filling. A lot of people don't like those marks. I don't know why. 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, and this is a corporate admonition, clothe yourselves with compassion. Has anyone ever said, ooh, I like your outfit? Would you love for someone to come and say, ooh, I love your attitude? This is the attitudes from the inside out. He wants us to have kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. Isn't that hard? At least once a year. I mean, it's hard. Bear with each other. Does God ever put any unbearable people in your life? Well, moving right along. Forgive Whatever grievances you may have against one another. Now, what's the march of this church? Compassion, humility. They're bearing with each other. You see, our fellowship is always as fragile as our fractious nature. This church gets under the control of the flesh. The first evidence of it will be we will be at each other's throats. And don't you kid yourself that it doesn't happen. It happens. 
Paul warns them in Galatians 5, you are devouring one another. You have become carnivorous sheep. Instead of eating off of herbs and pasture land, you are devouring one another. What's the marks of that? The flesh. But when the Spirit is controlling us, we're forgiving. Now, that's interesting to me. Uh, There obviously will be things to forgive in a corporate fellowship. It didn't say anything about clothe yourselves with perfection. It seems to clothe yourself with an attitude that you can stand imperfect saints. Please be patient with me. God's not done with me yet. To dwell above with saints we love, that will be glory. To dwell below with saints we know, well, that's another story. Some hymn I learned along the line. (laughs) Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, that's all you need to do. Forgive people as you've been forgiven. That's, that's all. He didn't say you forgive them because they deserve it. Forgive them because they ask for it. No, the hardest people I've ever had to forgive is they never thought they were wrong. Oh, that just kills me. It's double killer. I want them to at least say, I was wrong. I want to choke them to get a confession. <laughs> and over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. And throughout, you find 1 Corinthians 13, where they're caught up with gifts. Ephesians 5, 1, walk in love. Love is always the predominant command that everything goes under. Loving one another, we may get sick of it, but once that love dynamic is gone, you'll wish you had paid attention to it. That is the true dynamic that we are a sacred community governed by the Spirit. Because there will be a, an abundance of love. You know, I, I've shared before, uh, it happened to be, I've had different uh, people of different walks and different status, but many times I've had uh, single parents say, uh, I feel safe here. I've had people say, this is the safest place I go all week. It's not the place, it's the people. See, I mean, you empty this building or you have a ball game or you put a, a booze party in the building. That would be, It's the people in it. The people who know and love God will love people. And that is a marvelous compliment to you as a people. For them to say, I feel loved. I feel safe here. Is that not a wonderful thing? Uh, I remember the years dating my wife. A home was in trouble. And I remember going to church, what a refuge the Christians were to her because she was battling on her front and her heart was aching over the home and yet could not get enough church. You know why? Church was the safest thing in her life. It was the refuge. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word or the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you are teaching. He's not talking, this is you as saints, as you're teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. It's why the saints are so full of music one way or the other. A tradition under the control of the Spirit will abound in musical expression. It just happens. It's these commands. 
Uh, in a fallen world, God has seen that this new sacred community would abound in song. It's just, it's marvelous. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You see a pattern, compassion, humility, thanksgiving, uh, gratitude, uh, teaching. Uh, that's an interesting thing. You learn to sing and share music that teaches and admonishes you. It's great to sing that kind of thing. Well, let's go to one more here. Did I put in Philippians? Maybe I did. Yeah, Philippians 2. I'm not trying to just camp on these. They're rich. They're full. But just to give you a sense of what he was expecting in these corporate churches. And I'm sure there's much more if you kept going through the epistles. But in other words, you ought to be able to stand back and say, this is what the people I meet with act like. <laughs> uh, and, and unless you become a cr- critic, make yourself a member of those people. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not you critiquing them, it's you critiquing us. We're all in this together, aren't we? And so you start to... And, and I just take what he says. Look at the commonality they had. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, and we do, if any comfort from his love, and there is, if any fellowship of the Spirit, and that means participation or partnership of the Spirit, all believers are participants of the Spirit. We don't have any excuses for not acting the way the Spirit makes you act. The normal Christian life is Spirit-filled life. It's not the exception. It was assumed to be the norm that all spirit people in the New Testament would act this way. And when they got out of line, Paul wrote an epistle to rebuke them and says, get your act together. Get to acting like the people of God. Or God may step in or whatever. But we won't tolerate the alternative, the flesh. Get to walking in the spirit. We all participate in the spirit. There is tenderness and compassion. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Where could you go on this earth and find somebody trying to fulfill that? Even if we do it imperfectly, we are a people that by the spirit are not trying to be conceited or stuck on ourselves. It's one of our life ambitions because we want to be like Christ. Now, we may have more ego than you like, but one of our operating codes is humility. That the Greek world says meant weakness, and we're over here seeking to be humble. How many people in your job try to be humble? Out in a relationship the other day, the guy said, there's not a humble bone in my body. I said, I believe it. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Wow. We'd have to shut down America. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Now, notice the verse. It didn't say they were better than you. It's an attitude you choose to have about them. It didn't say they were better than you. It's an attitude you choose to have about them. So it's not because they outmuscled you, outpostured you, outdid you. And so they, I'm better. No, 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 no. 
You can go to a guy working, and I say this respectfully, for the garbage district, and you may be a Ph.D., when you're treating him and dealing with him, you can treat him on a level they say, I'm going to esteem you to be as good and even better than me in my treatment of you. I may be twice as educated, twice as whatever, but it has nothing to do with that. It has something to do with what I choose in my way of treating people. It's a self-chosen outlook. It's not imposed on me. Well, no one acts this way, do they? Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Show me somebody that lives this way. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, though being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to stoop so low as to become like a man and take the form of a servant and die not just a normal death, but to die the death of the cross. There is somebody who has acted that way, and he's the head of this group. He's the model. We don't run to corporate America to find out how to run the church. Their models stink in the church. They may build a company for the world, but you can't treat God's people the way companies treat people. But I'll tell you this much, if they would treat them like this, it wouldn't be hard to keep employees. And if employees would treat their employer that way, there'd be such an honorable relationship. Well, just a few passages to sample. And then uh, I just want to come this doesn't even sound like spirit-filling seminar, does it? It's just so practical stuff. I mean, we haven't even got to casting out demons yet. I mean, I'm always brought back to my dad. We were down to earth. We were in a meeting one night, and saints were jumping pews and running around the building. And, uh, and we didn't need to join health clubs at churches we went to. I mean, your body, you needed health just to belong. I mean, we were shouting, having a time at least 80 of us. And the saints were getting up and telling about, you know, God did this miraculous thing, and God had done that miraculous thing, and everything was a miracle, you know. Well, my dad was a deacon, the head deacon of that church. And uh, he didn't jump pews very well, and he didn't get too many visions, just indigestion. He steps up after all the crowds and all this testifying and this and that, and I'll never forget it. So 17th and Chancellor in Richmond. I know the place. He just stepped up in that meeting. And he said, we've had a great time tonight. He said, I want to talk about what the Holy Spirit's done for me. Watch this. He said, uh, he puts his hand on my mother, a pretty fiery woman. He says, God's enabled me to live with this woman 45 years. Boy, that quieted the meeting. He said, God has helped us go through hard times. And God has helped me stay married, bury kids, live through a depression. And none of my boys in South Richmond have served a day in jail. I thank God he did that. He said, I like to thank the Holy Spirit that all my bills are paid. I don't owe anybody. I pay my bills. He said, I like to thank the Holy Spirit that Mr. Biggie keeps me employed and gives me enough strength to work. I thank God he gave me enough strength here tonight that even with one eye, I could still read the Bible every morning before I go to work. He said, I got the Holy Spirit that uh, I can't hurt you intentionally because Jesus took all the fight out of me when he saved me. I'm hung up on the saints. I love the saints. And then he said this, 
And if any of you want to whip anybody in the house tonight, why don't you whip me? I'd be the easiest man in the place to whip. 44-inch chest, about six-foot, iron worker. That's what these guys do all day, but twice as hard. This guy could lift a man off the... Hey, no Twinkie. But he said, I I don't want to hurt anybody because the Spirit has made me love the saints. If I've offended you, and I still say, if I've offended anyone tonight, meet me after the service. I love to get it right because when I stand before God, I don't want there to be anything that I didn't try to resolve. I'm going to tell you, friends, it takes the Spirit of God to produce that attitude. I'm not looking for pew jumpers, and I'm not looking for how many demons you... The biggest demon I live with is me. And I've seen a lot of you, like that woman, they were trying to cast it out. She said, no, stay in. You've got to be willing to get you under submission to the Spirit. And when we're, as a corporate body, in that dynamic, notice what will happen just coming out of the overflow, and then we stop. Oh, man, I'm, I'm out of time, but... 12, 12 points at my speed is two minutes. <laughs> Look at body life action, because I've got to go to the next lesson next week. Someone restrain our executive pastor. <laughs> uh, well, this is such familiar ground to you. At least fill in the blanks, because some of you cannot sleep without the blanks filled in. <laughs> How many of you are like that way? Please, I will not. Okay, yeah, they're out there. All right. Uh, Here's the action, how we'll act towards one another. Number one, we are members one of another. It is so easy to run down people you own no connection to, right? It's easy to talk about folks that you don't have to uh, share a house with. You are members one of another. According, number two, and you need to look up these passages, you are to build up each other. And... uh, We will know the mark of the Spirit. I don't care if you're three months old in the Lord. I cannot tell you some of the blunders I've made as a young believer trying to encourage men that have been saved 40 years. But I just read those passages. You're supposed to encourage. I try to get a 60-year-old preacher to go to Bible college because I was having such a great time. He's one of the profound preachers in the area, but I just tried to build him out. I said, you know what, Brother Bradhurst, you need to go to Bible college. I don't want to be pastoring 40 years. A little zealous. I missed it. But I was trying to build him up. They are to care for one another. What was so moving in prayer this morning, I felt like you cared for the Hobbs family. I felt like you cared about Bonnie's pain. I could sense it in the prayer time. Do we care? Kenneth is with us again. Be sure to affirm your love to him. I mean, we care. I, that's, it's a work of the Spirit. Uh, they are to love one another, and we've got that down so pat, we don't need to, you know, dwell on it. Uh, They are to pursue one another's good. That's five there. They are to bear with one another in love. Try to do this in the flesh. Let me know how you do. You you, you flunk before you get started. You can't do it. I find most people, especially if they're over 50, are as impatient as they can be. They've already lived through enough messes in life they don't want to deal with anymore. Be very impatient. Uh, They are to bear one another's burdens, Galatians 6. They are to forgive one another. They are to submit to one another. 
They are to consider one another better than themselves. They are to be devoted to one another in love. They are to live in harmony with one another. These criteria uh, is what a spirit-filled church looks like. Now, we're going to pick up character, because that's another dimension, what our character to one another is, and what spiritual gifts. How many want to study tongues? We're going to do it on Sunday night. We're going to look at spiritual gifts and what God wants to do. Who knows, you may have a gift that no one's ever recognized in you yet. Next week, we'll pick it up, how we act towards one another. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. Or, again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Yes.